This is Struggling for Purpose for April 10th, 2019. My name is John Wilkerson, and joining me today is Steve Cleary. He and Robert Fernandez in 2015 began an animation studio in San Jose, Costa Rica. It was the first time he began to see both a tremendous need and opportunity of making films for the mission field. So in January 2017, Steve officially founded and launched the ministry Revelation Media, which is committed to providing quality and culturally engaging media for the global missions community. His projects include the movie Tortured for Christ, a CGI animated feature link version of The Pilgrim's Progress, which we're going to talk about today, and the animated Bible series, a visual narrative of the entire Bible. Steve, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. So you've you've created this uh, animated version of The Pilgrim's Progress, and you kind of went the hard route by starting your own kind of, I mean, I'm trying to recall, did you start the, an animation studio as well, or just this, this ministry, Revelation Media? No, um, we actually started everything. The reason why we started the animation studio is... I had talked to a number of other studios, even in other countries, and the costs were just astronomical. And, you know, CGI animation is expensive anyway. It's extremely time-consuming. You can work, you know, for weeks and weeks on a couple seconds of the film. And, uh, you know, the studio budgets are outrageous when it comes to CGI animation. So we knew that, we knew we were on a limited budget, and we knew we had to, you know, we wanted to make the best film possible with the resources got entrusted to us. So what we did is we cut out all the middlemen. We leased a space. We tr- hired people, trained them, gave them a computer, gave them the software, gave them all the support they needed. And then, you know, I pay them directly. So we really were producing a film for about 35 cents on the dollar. If I would have gone to a studio, even a studio overseas would have had layers of markup and would have charged me considerably more. And it was important for us, too, to be able to, if I wanted to change something, if I really felt like this scene needs to be a little bit different or I needed to add something here, it would have been a real problem if we would have been under contract with another studio because they would have said, you know, that's not in budget. Uh, That's going to be overruns. We would have been stuck for whatever they wanted to charge us. So it was a bit insane, uh, a bit crazy. But yeah, we started everything from scratch and made every dollar go as far as it possibly could. So what made you pick the Pilgrim's Progress as opposed to any other allegorical novels out there that that you could have chosen from? Well, number one, it's the best-selling Christian book in history outside the Bible. And I had a real affinity to John Bunyan. So I've spent most of my life uh, traveling to restricted nations and and dealing with and uh, supporting Christians that are persecuted for their faith. So John Bunyan was somebody that was always on my radar. Here is this pastor in England, you know, 350 years ago, who is a preacher of the gospel, and they tell him he can't preach, and he preaches anyway. So they throw him in prison, and they say, if you would just sign a piece of paper promising you won't preach, we'll let you out. You know, and I think about that. What if my friend came to me and said, hey, I'm going to go to prison for 12 years, or if I sign this piece of paper and I just don't preach or preach really quietly, I get to be with my wife and kids and my friends. You know, I probably would have said, sign the paper. But John Bunyan's 
uh, the way God led him and his integrity, he said, no, he goes, I know if you let me out, I'm going to preach. So they left him in prison. And for 12 years, he was there and it was not a nice place to be. And he writes this amazing allegory that really exemplifies the Christian journey from the city of destruction, which quite frankly, you know, people don't like to think of it that way, but it represents Mm -hmm. the here and now to the celestial city, to heaven, to the new, to the new heaven and new earth, to be with Jesus. So the journey that you go through um, really reveals these amazing biblical truths. And I feel it's very encouraging for Christians going through struggles uh, it's very encouraging about staying on the straight path. And I believe the film is extremely evangelical. I believe every person should care about the path they're on because every path leads to a destination. And, you know, eternity is a long time. I have an interest in eternity. Yeah. I have an interest in bringing others with me on this path that Jesus promised leads to eternal life. And so that book really has a unique place in my heart. I, I think it has a unique place in the church. In Christianity, I think God has done an amazing work, um, anointed and blessed that message and has kept it alive for, for 340 years. Never been out of print in 340 years. That, that so really, it was, a, it, was, it was an easy decision, John. It really was. So my, my kids did a Sunday school curriculum uh, that was based on the Pilgrim's Progress. So, so as we're watching it, they're looking at it and they're saying – wait a minute, I don't remember this, or they didn't say that, or that's not how it went. So, and I had to explain to them, well, you can't just take a novel and, you know, word for word and and throw it on the screen. So uh, how, how does that process work? How do you condense the story? What do you choose to keep and change? And and what's the process that goes into that? Well, that's interesting. Your kids said that they must know the story really well. Um, we did try to maintain as much integrity to the book as possible. So all the names of the characters, all the locations and the core message of each one of those locations we kept, we, you know, we have to provide all the, all the elements, all the artwork, all the backgrounds. So we had a lot of creative interpretation. And when you look at illustrations that people have done of the Pilgrim's Progress or the characters that, you know, they're all, they're all a bit different and ours are different as well. But I think um, we really did want to go through the whole book and we only had a hundred minutes to do that. And if you were to animate the entire book, you know, it'd be a mini series. Mm-hmm. It might be five or six hours, you know, or more of footage to go through every character in the Pilgrim's Progress. Um, I know there are over a hundred You know, John Bunyan created over 100 characters. So for us, we took the primary ones. You know, we took Giant Despair, Evangelist, Legality, Worldly Wiseman, Apollyon. And we really um, had to focus on those. And we had to keep the story moving. So some of the characters are appearing and, you know, multiple times and moving the story forward. And we believe that it definitely honored the book. Uh, A screenplay is completely different than a book obviously because we're creating the visuals that when you read a book you create in your own mind and we're creating those for you so it's our interpretation of of these events but we really prayed a lot we really uh robert fernandez who wrote the script said he has prayed more about the script than any script he's ever done and he really felt um really felt the anointing in the holy spirit leading him and guiding him 
And I remember when he read us the first draft, I mean, we were just all silent and he thought we didn't like it and we didn't know what to say. And he was like, he's like, guys, say something. And I'm like, we can't, we're speechless. It just blew us away because if you were going to retell the book in a one man play, you know, in less than two hours, he just accomplished that. And I think he did an amazing job at it. Uh, I think people will see the most important for us. The most important part for us is to capture the essence of each lesson. In our movie, Christian goes through 15 different worlds to reach the celestial city. So some things are different in that sense than, 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 than the book, but we held to the essence of every lesson that each one of those worlds teaches you. Yeah, I think you did. And I, I, I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the, the pacing of it. I think one thing that, that often happens in stories is, and especially these days in modern movie making, you have to have this two and a half hour, three hour long epic movie. And the, the story doesn't move along. And I think the story moves along quite well. And you really did boil it down to the, to the essence of what Bunyan was, was trying to get to. You mentioned that you had worked in restricted countries, uh, working with missionaries over there. How can Pilgrim's Progress be used in the mission fields? The, uh, first of all, Pilgrim's Progress is known in every country I've ever traveled to. So I've been about 50 nations, and whenever I brought up this story, or, or whenever I've met somebody from another country and said, have you heard of the Pilgrim's Progress, this story is known among the church leaders. And I remember fellowshipping with a man who's a missionary in the area of the Himalayas. So he works in Nepal, Bhutan, in that area of India, and very, very successful um, evangelist. And he loves the story. And I told him, you know, like two years ago, I was working on it. And I said, Dawa, I said, I want you to take, you know, my movie. We're going to put it in Hindi. We're going to put it in Nepali. We're going to put it in the languages. And I want you to take it out there. And I want you to encourage the believers. Because he had been encouraged by the story. He works in very dangerous areas. And I said, I want to encourage the believers. And I said, I will sponsor for somebody to travel into these villages they can carry you know digital copy they can carry a small projector whatever works for them and he looked at me and he goes he said brother steve he goes you don't you don't understand he goes these christians are not going to use this movie to be encouraged they're gonna they're gonna invite their hindu neighbors to come watch it with them and i'm like really i'm like sounds a bit dangerous they're the very ones persecuting them and he goes this is the perfect tool number one it's animated you know so it's not preachy like a video of a live action character or a preacher and he goes they're going to love the animation they're going to love the color they're going to love the story and this is going to become an amazing witnessing tool um, for all the all the christians in the village and i, I didn't really realize that about how hungry they are for a tool to use to evangelize. You know, they just can't walk up to the neighbors and hand them a Bible. First of all, they don't have Bibles to hand them. Mm -hmm. And if they did have a Bible, their neighbor may not be able to read it, may not be able to understand it. And just because the fact it's a Bible, you know, they may beat them up. 
they may run them out of the village. But they can take a tool like an animated movie and Pilgrim's Progress in the right language, and they can open a door of evangelism. We have talked to people in country after country after country, even over Easter weekend. You know, in just two weeks from now, our movie is going to be shown all over Iran to an estimated six million households. And the majority of those households will be Muslims who are rejecting Islam and searching, searching for God. Mm. And so we're going to play this movie over and over and over on satellite TV. And we believe people are going to, are going to see, you know, the journey of the Christian believer walking the straight path, accepting the king, seeing the cross, having your burdens lifted, and then journeying on through trials, through tribulations, and even through persecutions, journeying on to that final day where you enter heaven to be with your king. And I believe this is a tremendous mission opportunity, honestly, far greater than I ever thought when I started the film five years ago. I realized just a week ago, uh, Deborah and I were traveling late in the Pilgrim's bus, and you know we pulled over in a Walmart. That was a place to stop. And we've done this one once and we get out, you know, I get out in the morning and make sure everything is locked up good and everything is all right to take off. And every single time somebody comes up to me and go and says, what's this all about? And I say, Oh, we did a movie. It's called the Pilgrim's progress. And they go, really? I said, have you heard of it? And typically they'll say no. And I'll say, this is based on the best selling Christian book in history outside of the Bible. And it's about our journey from this life to heaven. I'm like, it's a very important journey. Right. You know, and all of a sudden I realize I'm evangelizing and I've never done that before. I admire Ray Comfort who can walk up to anybody and say, if you died tonight, do you know where you would, where you would spend eternity, where, where you would spend eternity. And I've just never been able to do that. But all of a sudden with the Pilgrim's Progress, I see doors opening. And even here, even in a Walmart parking lot, in a campground, I've had opportunities to share the gospel and encourage people. And so my message is, what path are you on? That path leads to a destination. That destination, that path and that destination is going to be part of your eternity. This is going to determine your eternal, where you spend eternity. I want you to spend it with the king. I want you to join me on this path. And here's how. And here's how easy it is. But that's the thing. That's John Bunyan's message. It's really easy to join, but it can be full of trials along the way. And I think sometimes we get that backwards. I think we think we just accept Jesus and everything is automatically better. Yeah. But for much of the world, that's not true. You accept Jesus and the trials begin. And I wanted to make a film that could be encouraging here in the States, but I could also show in the Middle East and encourage those who risk their very lives walking the king's path. Now you, when I was reading up on the, the movie, part of what was in the, the press release and some of the other documentation that I had indicated that when you started this movie, it's really not intended for the, the, the Christian audience here in the U.S. So why did you decide to do a theatrical release? we had talked about that because we knew that we could go straight to DVD and go straight to the mission field. 
but I'm glad we're going to theaters because number one, it gives us, it gives us a chance to, to tell people, to tell the world what we're doing. We get a lot of press doing a theatrical release. So even though it's limited and it's extremely difficult to distribute independent Christian film in America, Mm -hmm. the, the advertising that comes from that, you know, the interviews and, and, you know, just like we're doing now and everybody talking about it, it builds the awareness. So our goal is to, is to build the awareness within the church. If you think about it, you know, a movie like Shazam, that's, that's out and coming out, they're spending, you know, maybe $50 million to advertise that. And everybody in America would have heard of the movie. For us, we just had a tiny bit of money, but we wanted to we wanted to advertise to the Christian community and say, look what we have. Now we want the church to use that. We want the church to use it in as a Sunday school curriculum. Because we want to share the message here in America. I've had some people tell me that it's needed more in America because we're just sometimes on this, you know, what they call easy peasy lifestyle. And we're not really considering the fact that walking the King's path is a daily decision and it can bring troubles in our life, but it has these amazing eternal rewards. And I think in America, sometimes it's too hard to get caught up in the city of destruction. I think it's too hard to get caught up in a land that will be destroyed. I love living in America. I love the freedoms, but I want to use those freedoms to preach the gospel. I want to use those freedoms to, to help share the gospel with the world. And right now God is doing an amazing work um, among the Muslim communities. It's estimated that more Muslims are coming to Christ now more than any other time in history. And so I do think this is an awakening that needs to happen in the church. And I think John Bunyan's message is relevant. And the message is consider the path you're on, invite people to come with you. What can I do today? to make sure I'm on the straight path and to make sure I can encourage others to join with me. Cause this, everybody has to decide for themselves, which path they're going to journey on. So I think use it in the mission field is an obvious blessing, but I don't want to overlook the ministry value in the USA. So for us doing a theatrical release is kind of like our completion party. It's kind of like our premiere. Okay, we just finished the film, and we did. We just finished it a couple days ago. It hits the theaters for two days. Now let's bring it back to the church. Let's bring it back to Sunday school. Let's produce curriculum for Sunday school. I want to produce home devotion materials. I miss that parents have family devotions less and less and less every year that goes by. I am burdened with the fact that Research shows that kids, that Sunday school is on the decline because kids are busy and they're bored. Mm. And I think that's a tragedy. I think they spend more time on their phones, you know, than anything now. So what can we, what are the tools we can give them? How can we bring families together to watch Christian content, to discuss Christian content, to discuss the allegory and how it relates to biblical truth? And as we were talking before the broadcast, we're even working on a one-year homeschool curriculum, which includes lessons from the story, but it also includes lessons from John Bunyan. Why was he in prison? It's civil disobedience. Right. You know, 
he's, he stayed there, but he missed his wife and his children. So what was it like during that time? The Pilgrim's Progress is considered the first English novel. Let's talk about literature. Let's talk about how, you know, how the book went out and why it's never been out of print, which, you know, which really is amazing. I don't think there are a lot of books that are reprinted and found on classic bestsellers list every year for three centuries outside the Bible. No. So I do think it has a, a really strong place in America. Um, and for us, the theater gives us a chance to tell people what we've done and invite them to get involved. I get emails every day of people wanting to use the film for ministry purposes. And we always say yes, yes, and yes. Let us figure out how to make sure we have the right language. Let us get it to you. As long as somebody is using it for non-commercial purposes and not charging people, mm-hmm. then we offer the film for free. It's, it's really part of our, it's really part of our ministry, just like the Jesus film, amazing missions film right. that has impacted over a billion people and continues every day to impact people. And that was nearly 40 years ago. So we're saying, what's next? What's another tool for the mission field? And we believe the Pilgrim's Progress is that tool that can fall in the footsteps of exactly what the Jesus film did. You mentioned getting it translated into languages, and I think you've chosen, your goal is to translate it into a hundred languages, and you're even going to, in, in some of the cases, get native speakers to voice the characters. How do you choose the languages that you're going to translate the movie into? The The first phase of languages was simply chosen by our partners. So we had partners for Farsi, Spanish, Mandarin, and Korean. So those are the first uh, four languages that have been produced. Then we have looked at where are Christians persecuted in honoring uh, John Bunyan and the fact that he was a persecuted Christian. We're saying, where, where does persecution exist? So we highlighted uh, 20 key countries, 20 key languages, of course, you know, Mandarin and Spanish and Korean are, are in Farsi. They're all part of those languages. So the top, languages of the pers- of the persecuted world is like 20 languages. So now we're looking into Arabic, we're looking into Urdu, we're looking into Turkish and these and these other languages. And then we look at all the countries of the, of the world and we say what's their what's their mother tongue? What what's their first language that the majority of people are speaking? And we went through all of that research and we determined that with 100 languages, you can impact over 90% of the world, potentially. We always include Hebrew. We always include the languages of persecuted Christians. And we always dub. So we always use native speakers to replace the acting. And we tell our partners, we say, look, we, we want, you know, we want, you're not translating a documentary. You're translating an animation with, live, you know, with action. We want the actors to be, you know, to be of quality. We'll even pay a little bit more money to make sure their delivery, you know, carries the script and carry the movie like the English language does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus film is in 1700 languages. I don't think uh, I'll be around long enough to ever catch up to that. (laughs) But 100 languages will reach over 90% of the world 
in first and second languages. Excellent. Now you mentioned getting getting actors that can carry the script, and one actor that you got that probably many people have heard about is John Rhys Davies. Uh, he was Sala in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was Gimli in The Lord of the Rings. Um, how do you go about getting an A-list actor like that to to act in in a in a small independent film? Um, it really, for us, it was knowing the right person. I spoke at a film festival about a year ago, and uh, this man named John came up to me and he goes, he said, how can I help? I love what you're doing. How can I help? And I said, what do you do? And he said, we do a lot of audio dramas. We've worked on Avengers and Odyssey, and you know we continue to do audio dramas. And he wanted to see Pilgrim's Progress also as an audio drama. Because there's many parts where you can listen to an audio drama easier than you can watch mm -hmm. a video. And we said, we said, for sure, we support that. <clears throat> so he said, how do you feel about adding some, some name actors to your list? And I'm like, that's great. Who do you have contact with? And <clears throat> he sent me three or four names of which uh, we reached out to two. Uh, one declined. You know, it's understandable most would decline. But John said yes. And he was amazing to work with. We actually have him on two projects. And we sat with him for two days in the studio in, uh, in uh, Auckland. And he just gave it his all. You know, and he's getting along in age. And mm -hmm. these are long, tiring days. And he also had to match the lip sync of what we already had because we already had the character uh, animated. Right. He did a great job. And after the second day, um, he even did a monologue of Gimli for me, which I loved. He had, had it all memorized. <laughs> but he but he told me, he goes, Steve, before you leave, I'm going to tell you something. And he said, when I saw your proposal and my agent sent it to me, I laughed. And I said, there's no way in the world I can do this. It's, I mean, it's not even within the realm of a counter offer. And he said, then I saw that uh, John's name was attached. This man I met at the film, the film festival. And he said, John went through some hard times I knew about and John kept the faith and his spirit, his faith and his witness really inspired me. And it was a witness to me. And he goes, I didn't do it for you. I did it for John. And, you know, I thought how beautiful that was because right. here's a man in the midst of struggles who's on the straight path seeking the will of his king, his savior. And here's a man like John Rice Davies who could meet with anybody. You know, he'd call up the biggest, he could call up Franklin Graham and say, hey, I'd like to meet. And Franklin would say, sure, where, when? He could meet with any pastor. He could meet with any speaker. But he's inspired about this one man that probably nobody knows about to the point where he said, I'll do anything for him. Um, so it really was a miracle. It was a blessing. But it encouraged me, you know, to realize we don't always know the impact of being true and faithful and having integrity yeah. and having spiritual integrity. You know, I, we deal with uh, we deal with suicide in our film. It's a controversial um, segment in the Castle Despair where the giant wants them to kill to take their own lives as prisoners. And I've had some people say that's too heavy of a subject for my child. 
it's obviously one of the reasons why we're rated why we're rated PG thirteen. But I think I think people commit spiritual suicide all the time. You know, when you meet somebody and you just you're mean or or your integrity isn't there, you know, and I've been guilty of it. We're committing spiritual suicide. I mean, we're ruining a witness to a person. And as we show spiritual integrity, we don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do with that. So here's a man like John Rice Davies, who's been in all these epic films, who's, you know, who could talk to anybody, pick up the phone. And, and here's this one man from L.A. that probably, you know, is not that well known, but he was the biggest spiritual witness in his life. Um, and that has caused John to want to do more Christian films. And he's done a lot of work with independent Christian films. Um, so I, I think there's a lesson there too. I think that's one of the, one of the beautiful parts of the Pilgrim's progress. Just, it is so multifaceted that even over this course of five years, you know, I learned new lessons last week, um, that it reveals. So I think if you were going to, you know, Jesus spoke in parables and he said he'd open the eyes, you know, his disciples could understand. And he closed eyes and some could not understand the parables. So he spoke in these miniature allegories, you know, some debate whether they were true or not, but nobody debates the lesson. The lesson is true. And so I think the same can be said for the Pilgrim's Progress. It's this big parable. There was a man who read this book. The more he read, the more the burden grew on his back. Yeah. And the more it became, the more it weighed him down. And as he sought and sought and sought to release himself from the burden, the only thing that could release him was the cross of Jesus Christ. Once freed from the burden, he thought his journey was over, only to learn it had just begun. He continues on his way through persecution trials and to reach the celestial city, where even then he has a final test he must pass to enter eternity. I mean, what a beautiful story, yeah. story of the Christian life. Yeah. You also got um, Ben Price, who I think probably the Amer Americans are probably not as familiar with him. I was looking at some behind the scenes stuff and, and I think he, he did multiple voices, I think. And that's what he's known for in Australia is these dead on impressions that, that he can do. What was it like working? Ben was amazing. Uh, he flew over from Australia to, to be with us in the studio. He offered to do as many voices as we wanted him to do. Uh, ben has this gift where if he hears a voice, he can repeat it. And he's very good at it. And he has 200 voices in his head. And he just has to learn, you know, this. he has to learn the nature of the character that he is impersonating. Does an amazing Donald Trump and he does all these characters. And so while he's not known in the U S he's known more in Australia, he's extremely, extremely talented. Uh, I met him through Ray comfort. So Ray comfort watched a clip uh, about four years ago and said, call Ben price. Uh, you know, people refer to people all the time and I never heard of him, but we reached out to him and he was a tremendous blessing. He's flying back over soon to be with us in the premiere in Dallas. And he just has such a heart to serve. And even now he's been asked to be on American TV and he's debating it. He said, Stevie said, whatever I do, 
I have to give my talent to God. I have to make sure this it's not just being used to provide, you know, to make a living, but it's being used to, to provide a witness. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a witness and he has an amazing heart. And the third character, of course, we use is uh, Kristen Getty, uh, who's known for the beautiful hymn and worship song and Christ alone. And I'm dear friends with Keith and Kristen, and she had just offered to help at every at every turn. And you know, she probably wouldn't want me saying this, but I know she's turned down major studios. It just didn't feel led to voice the characters she wanted that they wanted her to voice. But mm-hmm. we had our voice interpreter who represents the Holy spirit in our movie. And, and she did an amazing job. Um, we were so happy that she was willing to do that. And Keith was involved and cause he told us, you know, we made his wife, the Holy spirit. So he has a hard time living with that. Um, <laughs> it's kind of up the bar for him. He said, it used to be, you sing like Jesus and the angels. Now it's, you know, the Holy spirit, but so he kids around, but, she was a joy to work with, and she actually opens our Fathom event. She has a special message that she's going to deliver right before our film starts. She did an amazing job, and she talked about the importance of imagination and how it releases the creativity and imagination allows us to, you know, to really build our faith and to understand God. You know, faith is evidence of things not seen. Sometimes it takes our imagination. And we serve such a creative God. You know, you look at you look at nature and you look at God's creation, even distorted from the fall and how beautiful it is. Yeah. And you start longing for, you know, what we're going to see in eternity when all is restored, you know, to the, to the beginning of creation when all was perfect. Um, so she does a beautiful presentation on that for about three or four minutes. And that's going to show just before our film shows. So if you go into the theater, you're going to get to hear an exclusive presentation by Kristen. Excellent. So it's going to be in theaters on Thursday, April 18th at 7 p.m. And April 20th at 12.55 p.m. in those participating theaters. People can get tickets at pilgrims.movie. Is that right? That's correct. You can search for your zip code and look at the theaters in your area. We are in 750 theaters, so there's a good chance you'll find one um, mm-hmm. in a short distance. The challenge we've been having is some theaters have been selling out. So people have called us saying, hey, I went to your website and I went to buy my tickets. And there's still more available or only the front row is left. Or, so we encourage people to, to pre-purchase the tickets. Um, you know, the theaters are not all, all sold out at this point, but where we have active fan bases and churches and communities that love the story, they've gone and bought all the tickets. So act fast, uh, reserve your tickets and yes, pilgrims.movie, um, no.com, just pilgrims.movie. And are there plans to put it on streaming platforms like pure flicks or Christian cinema or anything like that in the future? Yes. Our current pipeline is we'll be in theaters in April. We have a 30-day window where they get to show it again, um, if any theater wants to show it again in an encore event. After that, we can book some theaters that are not in the Fathom Network, which which we may do. Churches can book theaters. And throughout the summer, we're going to encourage churches to use this as a witnessing tool 
to show it in their church. We've already had over a thousand churches pre-screen the event and we're getting great feedback. And so we're really going to try to build on that. Our goal is to have 10,000 churches screen the film over the summer. Uh, then we go into broadcast streaming and DVDs uh, for Christmas. We're not sure which streaming program uh, platform we're going to come out on. Uh, we're real excited about Right Now Media uh, producing episodic for them. They want it in eight episodes. And we're talking to Pure Flix and Netflix. Um, some of the smaller platforms like Christian Cinema uh, and others will be on all those platforms after uh, maybe a short exclusive window goes by. But it's our ultimate goal to be on all of them because our goal is to use the ministry, to use the movie as a ministry tool. Excellent. Excellent. And as, uh, just as we're wrapping up here, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Uh, for me, it's, you know, um, I think every day the Christian walk is a journey. And every day we have to evaluate the path we're on. And if we're walking the king's path or our own path. And the good news is, even if you've left the king's path and you've left it, you know, a couple hundred yards or you've left it a hundred miles, it only takes one step to get back on. That's the grace of the king. Just a prayer of repentance, a change of direction, and anybody at any time can be walking the king's path. And I want your listeners to be inspired by the movie, however they see it, and then be able to use it as a witnessing tool. Or if their church is planning missions trips, let us send the film along with you. If we have it in that language, it'll be offered to you for free. And let's just use it as a tool. We feel this film belongs to the church. It's, it's, it's not our film. John Bunyan wrote it over three centuries ago. And he would tell you it's not his book. God inspired him to do it, even when he was suffering in prison. And we want to honor that message. And we want it to be well utilized for the advancement of the kingdom. And pray for us. Yeah, as we, we are independent studio. We have to raise all our own money. All of our executives have day jobs. Nobody takes a dime from this. We all donate our time to it. Many of us have donated our, our funds to it as well. And we're all in it because we've had the joy of walking out this journey. And we've had thousands of people join us. And as more people join us, we can reach more and more people around the world. Hmm. Well, I pray blessings on you and your team there. And um, again, for being willing to do this, this interview. Thanks, John. Thanks for taking the time to, sh to uh, have me on and, and ask questions and dialogue. Uh, anytime you want to chat again, it would be great. Again, a big thank you to Steve for coming on the podcast and being interviewed. Just a quick reminder, I am giving away tickets to see The Pilgrim's Progress in theaters. And if you head over to strugglingforpurpose.com slash Pilgrim's Progress, you can enter in the giveaway there if you haven't already. Hey, thanks for listening, and thanks for sticking me in your ears.